I love the USA. I love soccer. I love the World Cup. I'm not a fan of Qatar. I'm not a fan of our coach. I'm not a fan of Christian Pulisic. But I'm excited. I'm excited about this team. Not so much for this year, but 2026, the World Cup in the United States. We got a bunch of 22 and 23-year-olds that are scoring goals against elite-level competition. A top 20 country team in the world in Wales. A beautiful goal. Just a sensational, delicious finish by Tim Weah. Permission to get excited, but not too excited. Not unrealistic expectations. Not, oh, we're going to make a run excited. It does this team a disservice. They're too young. They're just not, they're not good enough. When there are 50 English players better than every one of your players, you're not good enough. But in four years, we just might be good enough. So that's, that needs to be the focus. Being happy for these kids, getting this experience, building something for the future. That's the focus. And I love Twitter, man. I love Twitter. A long rant email from a listener that, you know, criticizing me for praising Elon Musk's handling of Twitter. I, I don't even remember what Alan and I were talking about when Elon Musk came up with the last show. I don't, even, I don't care. It wasn't important. I don't remember what I said, which just goes to show that this person just wanted to hear what they wanted to hear. They're just waiting for someone to say the trigger word to get upset. But I do love Twitter because I threw it out there. My feelings about what this team needs to do, what formation this team should be playing, how they should be playing, what the focal point should be. And I, I got some great feedback sent my way. And I changed positions. You can see if you go to my timeline at fantasy underscore mansion, you can see that I had a very extreme position that we should move Adams and McKinney to the back four. I talked to my man, Paul Manwaring today from Liverpool. He's joining us. I'm conducting the show, hosting from St. Augustine, Florida, Paul Manwaring from Liverpool. I think he's now by way of Norwich. And he didn't push back when I was like, hey, we got a, we've got a log jam of, of, of high quality defensive midfielders. We got to get these guys moved to other places in the formation so we can play Reyna. We can play Aronson 60 plus minutes. But then I looked at the heights of all these players and I realized, wait, if we move Reem and Zimmerman off the pitch, we'll have no one that's six feet tall. That's, that's okay. Okay. You can keep Zimmerman, right? He's at least in his 20s. And he has been defensive player of the year. Two consecutive seasons in the MLS. That's not nothing. Leave him at center back. That's fine. But let's at least move McKinney, who's six feet tall. Move him to center back as well. And if you're going to move Adams to the back line, he's going to replace Dest at right back. Adams is 5'8". Although, although, Pep Guardiola does play the 5'9 Kyle Walker at center back. So it's not unprecedented that a 5'8", 5'9", player would play center back. But I, but I understand. I, probably not the way to go. The focus needs to be how do we get our best playmakers on the pitch within reason, still able to hold our structure, not just, oh, we need to find a center back that looks like a center back and another center back that looks exactly like a center back and a right back that looks like a right back and a left back that looks like a left back. It's too myopic. It was that thinking that left Jordan P. Falk off the team. That left Ricardo Pepe off the team. Oh, well, we, 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 we've got Sargent and we've got Wea. We, we don't need those guys. 
It's the reason Gio Reyna didn't play. Didn't, didn't, didn't see the pitch. In the one game, we needed to throw everything we had. All our resources needed to be thrown at Wales because think about how the group is going to play out. Wales doesn't play England until the final match of the group, at which point England will almost assuredly be 2-0, have the group locked up, paving the way for Wales to steal a victory in what essentially will be a friendly for England at that point in the group stage. The United States got fucked by the draw. Well, I'll talk to Paul about this, but I think it's the only group where there's four top 20 teams. If we don't beat Iran, you're not allowed to be surprised. And we have no chance, not, a, not even a remote possibility of beating England. When every single player on England, with the possible exceptions of Connor Gallagher and Harry Maguire, everyone on England's better than everyone we have. But it's hard to be happy about a tie when you let in the goal that creates the draw. When you're up one nil, you're never happy about a tie. When you're down one nil, you're always happy to tie. That's just the weird psychology of soccer. It's upsetting that this coach did not pick the best players, especially the offensive talent that we have playing in Europe, scoring goals in the Bundesliga. You can't leave those players off the team. What are you doing? And you can't turn the entire focus of the team on getting the ball to Christian Pulisic and running everything through Christian Pulisic. He's not even close to good enough. He's not the best midfielder. He's not the best anything. So we'll talk to Paul about what the proper formation for the United States should be because it's not 4-3-3, who the focal point of the offense should be. I contend as Brendan Aronson. And how crazy would it be to move McKinney to the back line? I believe that's what Pep Guardiola would do. But then on Twitter, I get, Pep Guardiola plays uh, John Stones. Yeah, you can't compare the United States team to Man City. Everyone on Man City is better than everyone on the United States team. I mean, think about it. Rodri is 6-3 and just this, one of the smoothest players in the premiership. And they have him playing defensive midfielder. Their defensive midfielder is 6-3 and could play striker for another team or play center back for another team. Our defensive midfielder is the 5'8", Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams is one of the best players on the team. The three best players on this American roster are Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams, and Gio Reyna. One missed two-thirds of the last game. One didn't even play. But don't give me Rodri. Don't give me John Stones. Those guys aren't options for this American team. The bottom line is you can't play Zimmerman and Ream together. The cost in ball handling and athleticism is too great. And a manager who emphasizes versatility and positionless soccer would know that and reconfigure the team to maximize the playmakers on the pitch. And yes, of course, it would be nice if we had Rodri and Stones. We don't have those players. We don't even have Kyle Walker. We do have quality offensive players. You can find them on the bench, and you can find them playing in Europe, not even on the team. You want to find a way to reasonably get those players all playing together, and then you can start to connect passes and execute those give-and-goes and creative plays in the box that can create actual chances, actual shots on goal, as opposed to just barreling down the sideline and uh, kicking some cross to nobody. You're not going to see this team score goals on crosses, on headers from big crosses. That's not going to happen. So from the roster, from the formation, 
to the actual in-game tactics. I disagree with so much about how the team is playing, but I'm just happy they're there having the experience. It's all about 2026, baby. Now let's go talk to Paul. Not only does he pay very close attention to international soccer, he's also a former player. So keep that in mind. If you enjoy this kind of bonus programming from the Podfather, our sponsors make it possible. Prediction Strike, the platform that treats players like stocks. Use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a free player share with a $20 deposit. Follow the link in the description. Underdog, they are the platform to play best ball. Playoff best ball tournaments are happening as we speak. Promo code UNDERWORLD for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And Sleeper. Sleeper has their new daily draft games. Check it out. With promo code UNDERWORLD, you double your deposit up to $100. So go to Sleeper. When you see that big button to enter the daily draft room, do it. And our latest sponsor, Rival Fantasy, where you play Fantasy Bingo. They also have challenges where you could say, hey, I think Player X is going to outscore Player Y. You throw that challenge out there, and then others accept that challenge. The best challenges to put out there are those that are a little counterintuitive. They'll get accepted, and it's a lot of fun. Again, follow the link in the description to check all of our sponsors out. Now let's go talk to Paul. Follow him at M-A-I-N-Z-E-Y-7 on Twitter. Welcome, Mr. Football, Mr. Soccer, Paul Manwaring. Mr. World Football, Mr. Soccer himself, you're back to talk World Cup. We hadn't had this scheduled, but I was watching the uh, the U.S. men's team tie Wales, and I immediately jumped in my DMs and I said, "Paul, we got to get on. We got to we got to do a show. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. I can't do it, Paul. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't watch this. I can't watch a coach not play the best players." and then let the game slip away because they were up 1-0 at the half instead of 2-0. They needed to put them away, right? And they didn't put them away. And then you gamble that maybe we'll just hang on and you don't hang on and you a guy uh, who sounds like a walker, you guys would call it a walker in the UK, that is literally called a Zimmer frame. So Mr. Zimmer frame gives away a foul on mm. Gareth Bale, who... Most of the time now at his age, probably needs a Zimmer frame. And there's a penalty and it's one all. So I have a lot of thoughts about this game. I really didn't want to talk about it. I just wanted to talk about England. England is actually interesting. England actually has a chance to win the whole thing. I love the England team. And I really don't like the U.S. men's team. I don't like the U.S. men's team at all. I don't like U.S. men's team fans and how uninformed they are. I, I don't like how delusional they are. They're 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 similar to, to the uh, Cowboys fans of the last 20 years that think that they have a chance to win the championship every year. And they have no idea the flaws and, and the, the shortcomings and how far away the team is. It's just gross to watch people on social media pretend like they know what they're talking about or listen to. And also, the announcers are terrible. The, the there's when you li- when you watch Premier League. The announcers in the booth are super critical of the players. They are straight talkers, man. I don't know these guys. There's a couple guys that they're former, they're former soccer players in the booth, and they make me laugh out loud at some of the things that they will, will say, that the outright criticism of the coaches, of the players. Uh, 
talking about how uh, this shot should have been better. This should have been better. This should have been better. These American announcers they have that are just, uh, you know, just in the tank for American players talking about how, how, you know, how spectacular Pulisic is and how great this is and how awesome this is. And, uh, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Not putting any kind of context. And it's part of the reason why American soccer fans are, are so insufferable. It's because no one's telling them like it is. And then they're surprised when they tie Wales. Who did, so you, you, you were on Fox. That's correct, right? So you're probably going to lead yourself down that kind of avenue of um, patriotic fervor, I would assume. Um, what I would say is um, it was on um, ITV here in the UK, the US-Wales game. Um, we had a, a guy called John Hartson who used to play for Celtic. Um, amongst others, and Wales. Um, let's let's say he wasn't impartial. Matt and leave it like that. It was it was a good listen, but uh, he, I wouldn't say. I he so was definitely, wish we had him, please. <laughs> he was definitely time. in his bag please, for Wales. Please, let's we get like him that. some realism, yeah. or at least not just you know just homerism. The whole time it's like you know just a spectacular play upon spectacular play. You know just a. You know, super creative. And I'm like, that's not that creative. You know, oh, you know, close chance in the box. Oh, great cross. I'm like, that wasn't a great cross. It was to nobody. Why? Why are they just kicking desperation crosses? No one. I felt like the Wales goalie was never tested. We had one goal, which was, again, you can't take anything away from that one goal. That one goal was super elegant. It was re- it was, a pre- it was a pretty goal. You can't take anything away from that goal. That Wea with the outer boot, wow, right? Nice, nice feed from Pulisic. Great stuff, right? Great stuff. That, that was a top-quality international goal. Mm, absolutely. Really, I mean, that moment. Right. Take take a picture, put it on the wall. Right. But there were so many other moments where I'm like, this Wales team looks tight and they want you to score. Right. They, they, they're trying, they're, they're, they're begging you to go up two nil and you just won't do it. And when you take a step back, it's like, why can't you do it? Why can't you do it? Well, we don't have the personnel. This is a young team. They're one of the youngest teams in the, the World Cup. And it's going to be better. Four years from now, this team is going to be better. Eight years from now, this team might have a chance to do something. But this is a team that's, people have to understand, this team is eight years away. This team has to be post-Polisic before it's going to do a goddamn thing. Because you cannot build an offense around Kristen Polisic of all players. A player that doesn't even play in the Premier League. He's a deep bench player. For Chelsea, every week that goes by in the Premier League, Pulisic earns less and less and less playing time. He's been earning less and less playing time for the last two years. He's been eroding playing time. Am I wrong? No, no. I mean, I think he's talented, but is he as talented as um, your side of the pond are led to believe? By Would he make the cool. English roster? Would he, would he be on England? No, because he doesn't get a game. So why he can't play if he doesn't get a game, right? Like he just doesn't get, you know, he doesn't. Why would he pick him? Like, 
How, why would why would Southgate pick a player that doesn't even fucking play? That, 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 and then if, he's if you, over here slinging burritos. He's over here starring in every other commercial. And then I mean, that's, that's lauding that's, him. Oh, he's so creative and he's so fast and he's such a playmaker. I'm like, he's none of those things. And the last thing you want to do is give him a cross in the box because I've seen him miss open goals for Chelsea that looked impossible to not score on and he'll find a way to not score. Yeah, I mean, and I think- this is the guy that you're building around. This is the guy. This is the centerpiece. I wouldn't have played him. Put it this way. I would not have played him. I would have had him come off the bench. Pulisic is best when he's coming off the bench as a an energy, right? An ener- a, a, a energy infusion off the bench. But it, it, it really killed me to see him out there because I knew that that should have been Aronson. Well, I think, I think it's, and the thing is, it depends. It, it's difficult in terms of form against talent, right? Because I think, I think if, in pure talent, he's one of the best 11 US players. I think he should play. I don't think that's deniable. But sure. he doesn't play enough for Chelsea. And if you use Aronson, which I think is a very good example, because he probably, it would be someone who would come in for him. Aronson's playing every game for Leeds. So, yeah, and he's Aronson played well also, for Leeds Guess as what? Well. Aronson also is good at set pieces. Did you notice every corner? Pulisic took the corner. I'm like, Pulisic can't take corners. Why is he taking corners? Because he's the captain. This is my job. I take the corners for this team. This is my team. I'm like, you suck at corners. And every corner was flat. He was yeah, either no, flat and- or there. And finally he adjusted at the very end and he, and he kicked one, you know, beyond the far post. So did you, did you see one good corner from Pulisic the entire match? Well, you, you, let's, if we go back to what you said before around, you know, you scored one and, um, you didn't look like you were going to score again. You had one shot on target, so that actually proves your point, Matt. One, so the sh- you, your goal was the shot on target. Are one you shot aware? on target? I don't remember the goalie for Wales doing a goddamn thing. He didn't make another save. That was the he didn't make another save. So, are you aware of the um, of soccer's venture into analytics with the concept of xG? Talk so about this. It. This is this is called this is expected goals. What that is is basically based on algorithms and where you take shots from. It can define how much of a chance of a goal is of a goal. So, for example, Timothy Weir's goal was 0.4 xG yesterday, which means that four times out, six times out of ten, that's actually not a goal. And you look at it; he's one on one with a keeper. You think it's easy, but there we go. Bail well, it was penalty, a special outer boot shot. So that, Bale's was, that, was ex- that was an exceptionally high-quality mm. finish. I'm proven by the fact that oh, less than half the time someone's in that position, they score. Bale's penalty is 0.8, so most penalties go in. Fine. The actual XG of the game is 0.78 to the United States versus 1.53 to Wales. So what we're saying is you had a shot of 0.4, and then for the rest of the game... You had an XG of less than half a goal, so you basically had no chance of scoring after that. So you know that's that's an issue. You know, you, and as you you've said, you know, I'm sure it's Rob Stone, right? I think he does the Fox Comms. I'm not sure who does the uh, color, but I'm sure they were big enough how well the US were playing, at, and they were excellent. I thought they were excellent first half, but there's excellent, and then there's cutting edge. They're not the same thing. So you can be good on the ball. You can dominate possession. I think you're right that Wales are tight. 
but if you're not creating chances, it's sterile. So I think they had a lot of sterile possession where they're not threatening to score, proven by the XG stat, right? They're not looking like they're going to score a goal. But, but everyone, but if you're just watching the game and you've got your blinkers on and you, you in your zone, you're like, oh, well, US, US are dominating the ball. They're, oh, they're going to score. But it's not like, as you said, Wayne Hennessy had to make four, five, six saves. He didn't make another save. So they had one shot on target. He didn't save it. That was it. That's an Did issue. Did you see the saves that had to be made by the uh, Dutch keeper last night? Hmm. Well, this this is this is it. You see, you yeah, people, need to get into. We would have been run over by Senegal. We would have been hmm. run over. Yeah, the, the, this is this is where it gets tough, right? And this is a there's there's two ways of, there's two ways of talking about it. You know, it's it's the same kind of idea. If we go if we spin it to American football for for listeners from your side of the pond. It's not Tennessee's fault they're in the AFC South. It's not. But what it what it means is when push comes to shove, it's dead easy to beat Houston and Jacksonville. But does that mean you get necessarily get the reps to beat Kansas City? No, it doesn't. So yes, beating Honduras and Canada and a possible good game against Mexico we is didn't okay. Beat we didn't beat no, Canada. No, you didn't. No, I know. But what I mean is, well, they're the games you're playing. Canada? Canada? They're the games you're playing in They're the games you're playing in CONCACAF. You play those games. It's they a don't joke conference. You. CONCACAF is a joke. You, they don't prepare you for better things. You don't prepare you for harder games. Like, I'm just, as as we are recording, um, France have just beaten Australia 4-1. And Australia, large space, massive country, not as big as the United States, obviously, Massive sporting culture, same as the states, but a lot of their players don't play in elite at elite levels, and also they end up playing New Zealand and Papua New Guinea to get to the World Cup. Like that's going to be an issue when you come up against the world champions. It's a problem, and so this team isn't good enough. And any goals we score, we should relish. We're probably not getting out of the group. I know a lot of people assume we would get out of the group. Oh, it's just Iran and uh, Wales. I'm like, Wales has some uh, elite players. I mean, Davis is playing at a very high level for Tottenham. Mm. He's been one of the best defenders in the Premier League so far this year. And you saw that, uh, well, they, 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 have, they have this guy, Bale, who's uh, pretty, pretty damn good, right? And... And then you you look up and you're like, who's the guy that fouled him? Who's this Zimmerman, Walker Zimmerman? I'm like, oh, and oh, he plays for Nashville FC. What the hell is that? And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. He's, 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 he's the defender of the year. This guy's defender of the year in, in the MLS. And I'm like, the MLS? What are we talking about, MLS? MLS is the minor leagues. MLS is the, the, the CFL of soccer. Don't give me MLS. What do you do? What? Right. Gareth Bale had his back to the goal and was fouled for no reason. And the only way we're going to win that game is one nil. That's it. That's it. Because we didn't challenge the goalie with another shot on goal other than the one goal we had. So it was either one nil or you tie or lose. I was happy. I was happy to get the tie because I know Wales is probably better than us. They probably win that game six times out of ten. Possible, yeah, possible. I think the the setup in the in the, the way the America will be best playing is probably on the counter. 
and Wales also are better on the counter, so it becomes a it becomes a tough game. Maybe being quote unquote an underdog against England may help them in some way. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Well, that's that interesting you say that by the way, because I thought gonna, that game was incredibly stop. boring, and so I was tweeting uh, realistic tweets during. I was live tweeting realistically. I was the only one in America apparently, but I was also bored by the game. And that's why, because you have two counterattacking teams playing against each other. That is the worst soccer. Then you go and you watch the Netherlands play Senegal, and you're like, oh my God, this is what soccer is supposed to look like. Yeah, you, the, the two teams who are not are not afraid of the ball, but are comfortable not having the ball. Especially Wales, right? Wales are comfortable not having the ball. They play lots of games where they do not dominate possession. That is not in their makeup, and it's not usually where they come from. So then you're like, okay, well, that means US are going to dominate possession. But you play players in midfield like McKinney and Adams, and their skill set is energy and break up play and knock they're it off. Defensive they're defensive midfielders, Paul. Correct. Exactly. They're not. They're I mean, not by the way, this is what we're good at. Yeah, this no, is the I, thing. If you, if you had to pick one area of, of soccer where the US is as good as most teams or at least most of the 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 not elite team of course we're 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 so far inferior to the frances and the englands and the brazils across the board but you take the next level down right the next level down the you know the 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 dutch and and belgium and those kinds of teams i'll put our defensive midfielders up against anybody mckinney is good right mckinney's been playing great in league 1 and adams was the best player on the pitch for the U.S. yesterday. And he's also been great for Leeds. But you can't win anything with just good defensive midfield play. No, and, and that's why, in the same way that quarterbacks get paid $50 million a year, it's why strikers, number nines, number tens, get paid what the big bucks, right? Not that you can necessarily pull defensive midfielders out of a lineup easily. It's still a difficult position, but it's not as difficult as putting a ball in the back of the net. And no, I'm glad we have players. great defensive midfielders. Yes, good of course, defensive right? mids is good. You can tell, like we have really good defensive midfield, but our back three, back four, it has MLS players in it, and that's just not good enough. Especially one of them was like 35 years old. I was like, get out of here. Yeah, I mean, they played what they played two f- lads who play for Fulham, so like kind of lower off of the Premier League last year championship. But I, I do like, although to be fair, I get, to be fair to them, I do like um, Anthony Robinson. I think he's a decent player, left back, very fast, uh, good up. Robinson's and down. a great wing back. Mm, mm, absolutely. Yeah, so if if you were playing a, a particular uh, formation, he would be real good. So let's talk about this. We the, the United States. Does not have a number nine. We do not have a proper striker. We don't have any size whatsoever. That's why all those crosses in the box to mm-hmm. nobody when you don't have size, that's a bad tactic. So that's on the coaches. You need to retain possession and you need to play for connecting passes. Okay. You need to, and that's what that's how they scored. Yes. They scored by connecting passes, not by not by crosses in the box when you don't have a, a number nine that's going to be useless. There's no Holland out there. And by the way, uh, Wales made it to the World Cup and Denmark didn't. So the team with Holland and Hoybier, 
didn't no, even played. make the World Cup. So that's that's what we're talking about. With, with, with If you make it from Europe, if you're Wales, that is so much more impressive than making it from North America. Mm-hmm. No, no, Italy didn't make it. Denmark did. Denmark played today. Denmark played today. So Wait, Italy what? didn't make it. De- so I thought Denmark Holland's not in the Holland. Holland's not in the World Cup. No, Holland is the Netherlands, right? Holland and Denmark. No, Holland are isn't yeah, Holland. Do- isn't is or is he from Norway? Hoiberg. Who are you saying? Uh oh. Uh oh. I I might have this wrong. I think I I think I was really I think I, I think I was really wrong. He's Norwegian. God damn it. Oh, Holland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, the, God, yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot. So so Sorry. they so Norway. So the best- no, I meant best, Norway. So, I, I apologize. Two, Take it all back. Norway the best, has the best number nine, the best striker in the world, and they didn't make the World Cup. And and to add to add to that, they also have Odegaard, who plays for Arsenal, who are top of the league. He's been their best player. He's Arsenal's captain. Also, again, Norwegian. So Did I play, say Hoybear? I meant I meant Odegaard. Yeah, should he got Odegaard I'm st- listen, and I'm Harland. still I'm a year into this whole soccer experiment, less than a year in. Cuz let, let's just let's just get this totally straight because I just I I made 3 mistakes in a row and I want to sink into it for a moment. Hoybier plays for Denmark. They are in yes. the World Cup. Yes. Right? So he yes. is a quality midfielder uh for Tottenham in the World Cup, okay? There is a a, a great player, a great midfielder for Arsenal. And the best striker in the world for Man City both play for Norway, not in the World Cup. Wales did Correct. make the World Cup from Europe. Correct. Which which puts to your which puts completely into context your thing of that for Wales to qualify for this tournament is pretty amazing because there are nations such as Norway, such as Italy, such as others. Like Italy have won the World Cup four different times. And they didn't make it, you know. Yeah. The, oh, the, yeah. You know, Argent- Australia had to be Papua New Guinea, New Zealand, and then as a qualifier against Peru, it's not really the same. Yeah, Martin Odegaard would be the best player on the U.S. men's team. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. I don't even think it's close, and that's nothing necessarily against. Well, I think many it is of the close. Team. Just- the reason I think it is close is because I watch a lot of Leeds, I watch a lot of Arsenal, and mm. Odegaard and Aronson aren't that far apart. Aronson's talented. Aronson's really good. I think he's a really good player, but I'm not sure he's a good player. I'll tell it like it is with this men's team, but I I, I will not hear anyone besmirch the name Aronson. No, I've been impressed because he came over from, he was in the uh, the Red Bull world. Um, I think he was Red Bull Leipzig. Um, But yeah, so no, he's been really good for Leeds. I've been really impressed. He was excellent against Liverpool when he beat Liverpool at Anfield. He is actually creative. Like mm-hmm. the idea that you wouldn't find a formation where he can play the whole game speaks to the shortcomings of the coaching. Yeah, I, it it does. It, it I I don't know much about about Greg, and I don't know what his his history in terms of formations is. But I think we talked about it the last time I was on the show. I think the most talented American player is Gio Reyna. I'm really impressed with Aronson and. Like I didn't see them for the 20... first 60 minutes when they really needed to go up 2-0. I didn't see either of those players on the pitch. Exactly. And that they're the players who can do those type of things. They are. They were sitting next to some guy who was taking off rainbow flags for people who weren't allowed them. 
This is the problem. Is Matt? You, this this is the world you need to live in, right? This is the problem. You are. It's infuriating. In, you are. You are. As you said, a year into a journey, but from an American U.S. men's national team, which always makes me laugh that they as described like that. Um, is that this is not as you said? This is not a short-term process. You know, these are in the grand scheme of things, kids. Most of them under most the majority of them under 25 years of age you said eight years and that could be true but this, this team has absolutely been built so that in four and a well four and a half years time or three and a half years time in the first game in sofi stadium when the u.s play someone rubbish because that's how they'll do it so they so they get the world in his mother-in-law we'll get a new diana ross kicking a ball in the goal whoever it's going to be beyonce Singing a national anthem, all that. This team will win. It'll win the first game, and the world and the whole United States will go wild. It'll be the top story on PTI. It'll be the top story on you know. You'll have Stephen A. Smith pretending he knows what he's talking about on soccer. You know, Skip Bayless, all these boys. That's the. Don't do this to me. These are the four. I'm already in hell thinking about it. This is this. You're four years from this happening. Imagine that. Imagine the the fever pitch. If Amer- if US win that first game in, I'm going to say it's last end of these. It might not be. That's where I, I assume they're going to put it in. So far, whatever they win that game, oh. it, that's it. I mean, US are going to win the World Cup. I'm going to be in hell. <laughs> I mean, it, it, stranger things though. I'm very open to this team being really good, making out of the group stage in four years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all. No. You develop Aronson, you develop Adams, you develop Reyna, you develop McKinney, you develop these good players that we have. You find, potentially find a striker, find someone that can put the ball away. I mean, Wea, he's 22 years old. So th- th- it's very possible that this is a good team in four years, but competing with the elite clubs, the elite national teams, eight years. I think eight years because there's gonna, there's players right now that are playing in high school, they're going to be playing for that team and scoring goals, and, and and we're going to know their names, and I'm excited about it because the U.S. is coming as a soccer country. Mm-hmm. I see it every day. My daughter plays soccer. I see it with the, the, the girls and the boys at all these different grade levels, all the way up through high school, even to college. It's happening. And you see these Aronsons. It did, the, the, a guy like Aronson breaking out, at the top division in England was not a thing five years ago. It was an impossibility. They tried to make it happen. They tried to make Pulisic a thing. He's not good enough. Aronson has the uh, the, the actual ability to do it, to be a, a true number 10 for us. A true number 10, because Pulisic is not that. He's too soft, and he's best used on the wings. That's where they used him at Dortmund. If you go back and watch Pulisic at Dortmund, he was a winger because he's like a little quick winger. He can't hold up in the middle of the pitch. He's always going down. He's always complaining. I saw him smashing the ground. They weren't. They didn't stop the game for him when he dove on the ground. He got a. He got a. Uh, he, got, he got kicked in the shin at some point. He he damn well wanted them to stop the game for him. And they didn't. But if, if you come, guy, if, man, if I can't the, stand him. I know you can tell. I can't it, stand him. 
But if you look at that team that, that started yesterday, Turner will be 32, Robinson will be 29. Let's take Reem and Zimmerman out because they'll both be well, long gone. Reem long gone. Dest will be 26, McKinney will be 28, Adams will be 27, there we Moose go. will be 23, Weir will be 26, Sargent will be 26, Pulisic will be 28. You add Aronson in, he'll also be 26. Gio Reyna will be mid 20s. You know, th- yes. there is a there is a path. Yes. You know, they they they, they could have picked. Um, it's a very young from... team, man. This is such oh, yeah. a young, exciting Absolutely. team. You're allowed to be excited. You can't jump out to best case scenario yet. It, it does the team a disservice to not have realistic expectations. To not understand this is a full blown rebuild. To make a nice little run in 2026, and then to actually be competitive on a world stage in 2030, it's it's interesting, right? Because you see a lot of you know people on on Twitter, not you, of of American persuasion, really disappointed in the results, really disappointed in the coach, and you're like, I understand, I understand it to some point of view, right? Because you want your team to win, and I'm fine with that. Like that's, but you've got a team there that had. Four, I think I named four, and at the, you know, there's four or five lads under the age of 23 playing in a World Cup. That's not that's it's cool, that's, exactly. But that's, that's not cool. Enjoy it, enjoy a tie against a European hmm. uh, uh, entrant into the World Cup. Anytime you can tie any European, whether even Denmark, Belgium, it, the Netherlands. I'm not even talking about the top clubs. I'm just talking about that next level. Anytime you can tie any of them, uh, Croatia, any of those kinds of teams, you got to feel fortunate because you look down the rosters of those teams. We're talking about the Norwegians have two of the top players in the Premier League, and they're not even in the tournament. So be happy. Be happy. I wasn't expecting. I was expecting a loss, and I was happy to get the tie. The problem is, had we scored the goal in the 75th minute and the bail penalty kick come in the first half, everyone's attitude would be different. It's so interesting in soccer how when you score the goal during the game is 90% of the perception, especially with these with these draws. If you're the second if you salvage a draw, you feel great. If you're the one that lets up that goal in the 75th minute, you feel terrible. It's a weird psychological dilemma that the fans face. Yeah, absolutely. But you put it into context in the kind of draw and whatever, and you have to take it with a little bit of a pinch of salt. But obviously, FIFA do like world rankings, and in the world, like you can go and some there'll be that stat probably you know on on Talking Head show or you know, LA Times, Washington Post, whatever, size of America compared to size of Wales equals US should win 57-0. But if you just look at our world ranking points, um, US 16th in the world, Wales 19th in the world. So what I'm saying is that in terms of how people describe what the teams are, these are quite compatible teams in terms of how they should perform. As in, if you believe that the rankings are accurate, the 16th best team against the 19th best team. There's a high possibility it's going to be a draw. That's kind of the point of the exercise. That's right. That's right. And the difference between a team ranked 17, 18, 19 and a team in the top 10 is a chasm. 
Yeah, well, I mean, we just I just watched France, therefore, and Wales. They they beat Australia. I'm not actually sure where Australia. The weird thing is about the England group is the England group is actually the hardest group in terms of FIFA rankings compared to any of the groups because they're the only group with four teams in the top twenty. Now, whether it, there's a open question on FIFA rankings, I won't get into it, Matt, because we could go down some kind of deep well. Where's Senegal not... in those rankings? Eighteen. Yeah, well, they're better than that. Exactly, and this and this becomes the context, right? You know, like yet today, today the third best team in the world got beat by Saudi Arabia. So, uh, you know, the FIFA rankings can uh, can be open to suggestion, right? We'll talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I want to talk about one final thing. We still could have won. Yes. Right. We could have won, and based on how tight Wales came out and how slow they were, and, and how unable to keep possession they were. We could have capitalized, but if you don't play your best players that can connect passes in order to have real goal-scoring chances, it's not going to happen. So why do you believe Reyna and Aronson didn't start? Because when I looked and I saw the lineup, I was shocked. I could see one of them not starting for whatever reason, especially Reyna, because they, they might want to bring him off the bench. He doesn't play a lot of games for Dortmund because he's often injured. So that would make sense. They might want to bring him in at like the, you know, minute 60. But n- neither Reyna nor Aronson, who I believe to be our two best offensive players, why do you think that was? And, and how could you solve that if you were coaching the team? <laughs> um, I'm open uh, contracts. Just send them over. I'll sign them if we need if we need that sorted. In terms of why they don't play, I think it comes down to how your how a coach envisages envisage a game, right? And I think we talked about it. I think Bearhalter sees this team as quite counter attacking in its mentality. To have that kind of counter attacking thing, he's he's kind of got, in my opinion, two destroyers on the pitch. So he's got McKinney and he's got Adams. And their job is to maybe get is to get it to Musa and Pulisic to then play the balls for Weir and Sargent, if you think about it in that kind of way. I, I look at it and go That sounds like a terrible tactic. He's playing he's playing Sargent to be a focal point. He does kind of play up front for Norwich, but is he a, a, a real nine? Is he gonna get you goals at the elite level? Probably not. So if you're not gonna get goals at the elite level from your nine, the question then becomes should you even play him? And what what I mean by that is, do you then think, okay, Aronson's a ten in my opinion, so just yes. off the striker. But do you just if do you just if if you if you're wedded to playing four three three because that may be how the coach is wedded to play, drop Sargent, play Aronson because he may drop deeper than Sargent, and that may not give you the focal point. But that focal point's not scoring any goals anyway. So you get someone else in midfield, you get more of the ball, you keep it better, whatever. The Rainer thing is is just I think is an injury. It's got to be an injury concern thing. You know, the place that Rayner would play, well, there's two places Rayner would play. One is in 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 the in the position where the prince that was promised is, which is Christian Pulisic. So right now he isn't playing there. The other position is Timothy Weir. What Weir has that Rayner doesn't is pace. I thought Weir was excellent yesterday. Gave Necker Williams a lot of trouble. So do you swap him after an hour, which you mentioned? Yeah, I think you should have. Why they didn't, I don't really know. Bearhalter was asked in the press conference and was at best vague and suggesting why it isn't. 
if I look at that team, I wouldn't play 4-3-3. I'd probably play 4-2-3-1. I would sacrifice McKinney. I would play Musa and Adams. I would play Aronson at 10. I'd probably still play Weir and Pulisic, and then I'd have Sergeant still, and then I would have someone on the bench. In theory, if it was me and I would have picked the squad, I would have played the striker from Union Berlin um, in the Bundesliga, who'd scored quite a few goals, whose name on his shirt is Pefko, but it's about Nick. Um, he's about 26. He's American lad. Uh, he's been really well, he, good. He, he's not on the team? Not in the squad. Didn't get picked. Well, like Ricardo, it's like Ricardo Pepe. So Ricardo Pepe didn't get picked in the squad either. Now, he struggled at Augsburg, but went to Holland this year and had started scoring a few goals. So I was surprised neither of them were picked, but he was comfortable with Sargent, so fine. But for me, you play 4-2-3-1. You've you've got to get you've got to get I agree with you. I think you've got to get Anderson and or Rayner on the pitch. Both can play ten, so you either swap one in out for the other, or whoever's struggling on the wing, whether it be Pulisic or Weir, depending on the game, you can then swap them out. And you, there's a lot more rotation. There's a lot more movement based on that, in my in my opinion. And that's right. As I said, I'm happy to send and, my and CV then, and over. And then you can get Pulisic on the field. And you can you can have those Chipotle commercials, but he doesn't need to be the focal point of no. the offense. No, the the whole the whole strategy in that is get the ball to Christian, and we'll see. And he and he will make something happen. Now, as someone who's lived that life through many different Liverpool teams or England teams, have done that in the past. I, I know we're going to talk about Argentina later. Argentina did that today, and it absolutely didn't work. You've got to have a team. It's got to be a team. You've got to have multiple players. You can do multiple things. Now, can you have can you can you have a player who dominates the game because he's your most talented player? Yes, but it shouldn't be just him and a load of add-ons afterwards. You need players who can do other things with it. Yeah, if you made Aronson the focal point, the number ten, and then you could bring on Reyna once he gets tired, and you could and you could put Pulisic on the wing where he's best. Right where where he spent the majority of his career, where he where, when he was most effective, that that's how you would do it. But it seems that this coach is wedded to a particular personnel formation that's either built around the idea of making Pulisic the star, or it's just how he plays. It's how he implements uh, a system like the uh, like the. Like an NFL team and how they implement their particular system as opposed to looking at the personnel and how do we get our best playmakers on the field? How do we connect passes from one player to another player to another player to put them in a position to score a goal? There's there's two there's two concepts to this. Um, if we use the American football analogy, right now, fantasy owners and fans of the Atlanta Falcons for the past 11 weeks have been pulling their hair out because their coaches decided in his infinite wisdom that he shouldn't get their best players the ball as much as humanly possible. He has decided that he doesn't want to play those players or they will play, but they won't get the ball. The other, the other concept is a, is a, is a, a, a Mike Lombardiism, which is you're only one injury away from having a good team. And that, that falls into the fact of you're wedded to positions, but if someone got injured and you had to reformulate how everything happened, Actually, maybe it would be better. 
I also don't believe that certain players have to play certain positions. If Reyna's on the team, then he should be able to play at least 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. He should be if on the, he if can't he's in the play squad. 60 minutes, don't, don't put him on the roster. Add yeah, someone I, else. Agreed. Agreed. Right? Bring, you, you just mentioned two players that play in Europe. Not MLS players. They're, they're real soccer players. They play in Europe where the real soccer's played. And yet they weren't on the they weren't even added to the roster. They added Rain to the roster if because the assumption is he's fit. Mm. If he's not fit, don't put him on the roster. If he is fit and we know Aronson's fit, play them. I don't care, Paul. I don't if, if why can't Raina play uh you know somewhere not number 10? Same thing with Aronson. I'd rather have Aronson on the wing. You I can't tell can me play. that the team isn't better with Aronson in, in three or four different positions in the midfield uh, and, and in the forward positions. No, I, I, I if you put said, if you want to put Aronson at number nine, I'd be fine with it. I, 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 if you play four three three, if you if if you're wedded to that formation, which I don't think you should be, like you should pick formations based on best players available. But if based on the team you've got now, if I was playing four three three, I probably would play Aronson as nine, and that's probably somewhere he's. You know, there's probably people going, oh, doesn't know what he's talking about, whatever. No, I'm not you, saying... you don't you know exactly what you're talking about because you've watched Leeds United play. You know what this guy is. And you know yeah, the other players that we have. And bundle what of energy. Of. Bundle of energy, lots of lots of passion, lots of movement, great skill, holds can hold the ball, can pass. I don't know why you wouldn't play him. Uh set pieces. Set pieces. When I when they were both on the field together and I saw Polisic demand to take the, the corner and not let Aronson take it, I was like, oh, this is, this is, this is just a, this is just a joke. This is not even real. This is just a, this is basically a platform and a forum for Christian Pulisic to, to show off and, 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 and get all the glory. This isn't about winning. This is the, the Christian Pulisic show. And then what was it? Another flat, shitty set, you know, uh, corner from Pulisic. When I'm watching Leeds going, wow, uh, I mean, is Aronson Ward-Prowse at this point? I mean, his, his ability to bend it in is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, yeah. and it's like, oh, you you're know, such a hater. No, no, I love Reyna. I love Aronson. I want them on the pitch. I want them playing. I don't care where you play them. And the idea that you're not going to play them because they don't fit in this particular box of the type of player you think they are is what's wrong with a lot of soccer coaching out there. And there's, a, there's, you know, you know, Pep Guardiola, he, he'd just as soon have, uh, you know, play nine number tens out there. Yeah. It, you look at the guys, that, look at the guys that man city plays on defense. They're not even defenders when they play <laughs> no. for Spain, right? Yeah. They're not, they're, they're, they don't play on defense. No, no, it's, it's a, there's a, a Pep Guardiola that isn't that, if it was up to him, everybody would be a centre mid. So everyone would be an eight. Like if, if he could pick the, his perfect team, his goalie would be a centre mid, his right back would be a centre mid, his left. It doesn't make any difference. That's that's how his that's how his brain works because that's where he used to play. But that you know, not everyone's like that. You know, some people are very structural, structural and wedded to formations and positions and whatever. And I think you because do you know what they could do, Paul. Also. You know what they could do, Paul? The best way, what I've, I, this is all, we're all building up to my, my overarching strategy for the U.S. If you people want to win, they want to win, 
you got to get Walker Zimmerman and Nashville FC players off the pitch. You got to get 35 year old defenders off the pitch. And how you do that is you put McKinney and Adams on your back four. My back four would be McKinney, Adams, Robinson, and someone else. And then that allows you to play all the players we've talked about that are actually good in the midfield and the forward positions. And then you've got more speed. You've got more playmaking ability up and down the pitch. What I like about this, Matt, is 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 when someone comes in, and as you said, you've been kind of in this sport for a year, and they come in with completely fresh eyes and go, why is no one, why does people, why does, why do you have to be six foot four to play at the back? Why does he have to edit and whatever? I always, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, like it's, I understand Tim Ream is a captain and he's been there a long time, but it's the same reason why I don't think that the 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 Ravens should be playing Mike Davis, right? I don't believe in playing Mike Davis at running back. I believe in playing any young play. If I want, I want Justice Hill out there. I don't want Mike Davis. Hmm. That's the same reason I want to move. If if you're a defensive midfielder, you can play on the back four. You're you're perfect. You're perfectly capable. So get Reem out of there. Yeah, you you're 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 swimming against the tide of 150 years of association football. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you're swimming against the tide, right? It, I I bring it back to the analogy that I've I'm I'm fully wedded to that I believe that zero kickers and punters should come from the US. Because you're absolutely awful at it. Should just be binned. If I see another person get congratulated for kicking a ball straight fifty yards, I may I may just bang my head against the table. That is the easiest thing to do in the world is kick it straight fifty yards. And don't tell me, oh, but he's got a three hundred pound lad coming at me. Whatever he hasn't, he's got three hundred pound lad blocking him the other side. It's like I don't any punter on my team who kicked it into the end zone. Because he doesn't know how to kick it into the corner, out of bounds, would immediately be fired. This isn't complicated, and but as you said, I say that, and most most American football fans are go, "Nah, he's rubbish. He doesn't know what he's talking about." Silly Englishman. And you're going, "Well, why are these why are these centre mids not playing centre half?" And people will be going, "Ah, oh, doesn't know what he's talking about." But maybe we do know what we're talking about. We're just we're just free and free of all that years of history. Just free of it all, and you just go. No, we know what we're talking about. So the, the Tom Reynolds in the chat is really active, and he's talking about the our, our best striker is uh, Peapock, which is Jordan Peapock, which which is the guy from Union Berlin, which was the guy. That's I the guy you were talking about. Yeah, but it, so on the back of his top, so Tom. See, yeah, in my right. formation, by the way, in my configuration where we don't play Ream and we don't play the guy from Nashville, <laughs> then, then, oh, he's the best defender in the MLS. Okay. Who who won player of the year in, in, in the CFL? Who cares, right? Then we can play all the guys. We can play Reyna. We can play Aronson. We can play Peapock. We can play everybody in, in the, the, way, the way I want to do things. Yeah, so his name is Jordan, Jordan Sabachu. And but he has Pfoch on the back of his top, so it always confuses the absolute yeah busiest out of me. So he plays for uh, Union Berlin, uh, who are the second team in Berlin, who've been really excellent this season. So uh, and he's playing ninety minutes for this team. 
Yeah, he he was he he was injured a little bit uh, towards the end, but he has been playing and has scored goals um, for them this year in the Bundesliga, which you know is is an elite league. They are top five in the Bundesliga. They lost the last couple of games, although we didn't play. How is a guy like Jordan P. Fock not on this on the squad? Makes no sense. I, I they, it would be like you know, know what it'd be like, Paul. It would be like leaving. Oh, I don't know the best player on Brentford off the English team. Yeah, but we know why. But do you know why the best player from the Brentford team isn't in the squad? Or does that made it to the? Is that made it to Saint Augustine? One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is I needed to know why Ivan Tony is not on the England team. I need to know. So because so he is a an incredibly high quality player, he would be by far and away. Like this is the people you understand. Guys that were left off the England team would be leaps and bounds better than anyone we have, especially Tony. And he's not playing. He's not on the squad. Why? What happened? Um, six days ago, it was announced that Ivan Tony had been charged by the FA for two hundred and thirty-two breaches of betting rules. So while before playing for Brentford, oh. he was he was betting oh. on games, not his games, not oh, throwing games. No. So it seems Uh-oh. that came out after the squad was announced, Matt. Okay. So okay. it seems that that right. was going to be, it seems that it was like, you probably shouldn't pick Ivan Tony. Gareth, no, you're right. This I didn't is going to come out. I, shoeless no, no, Ivan. Exactly. But it was but shoeless no one Ivan knew. or bootless Ivan. I guess you would call him bootless Ivan. But no one, no one knew. So when the squad was announced, everybody was in the same position as you. A week later, it's oh, uh, okay, that makes more sense now. All right, that makes perfect sense. Uh, what about Tammy Abraham? What the hell? Oh, t- so, so Tammy- how is Tammy? Like I thought when I read the World Cup war- roster for England, I was very excited because I saw my man James Madison, one million percent deserved to be on that squad. I also saw Connor Gallagher and uh, Maguire and had no idea how the hell they made it. Gallagher hasn't played a full match that I'm aware of uh, since he was on Crystal Palace. Yeah. And even when he played on Crystal Palace, he was getting thrown off or pulled. He was, you know, uh, impetuous yellow cards, arguing with the referee, arguing with other players headbutting people, pulling on jerseys, kicking people when they're down. Uh this is so, this sounds like this sounds like a pro, is this an anti Connor Gallagher or a pro No, no, I love Connor Gallagher. Brand? I just think that Connor Gallagher is playing out of position. We've talked about this before. Remember yeah. everyone was mad yeah, at me? We did. We did. We did. That I think I'd, Connor Gallagher Connor Gallagher he's very like same he should be playing the same position as uh Robinson. Anthony Robinson, like he's, he would be, I mean, I, I love him on the, as a wing back, mm-hmm. right. If you, if you set him back as a wing back and, and then let him just run the pitch, like, like, you know, when you're taking a puppy out, right. Run the pitch. You just want, I want Gallagher up and down, up and down, up and down. And, and he play him 60 minutes running full speed up and down the pitch on the wing. And that's great. Right. But he has a real tenacity. So I don't know why. He can't be as involved, if not more involved, in the defensive side of the of the pitch as the offensive side of the pitch. I don't understand why people want to put him in a forward position. It, fine, 
you think that that's where he belongs? I disagree. We're going to disagree on that. That's fine. I just don't, I don't know where he belongs on the England team, especially over a Tammy Abraham. That didn't make any sense to me. So the Tammy Abraham one is quite interesting because obviously he's, he's in Italy now and has been, this is his second season for Roma. Um, his first year, he scored a lot of goals. Um, was I think he's against Leicester. I saw him score against Leicester. Yeah. Um, but this season, he hasn't scored many goals. Now, he has been in. But again, more... this is a player who would be by far and away the best player in the U.S. Yeah, he's, I mean, he plays He plays for a top four Italian side. It's, it's, they've decided not to pick him. I think I, think I would have put it's him in It's a great problem squad. to have, man. But this is it, it, it comes down to a, a very English issue, in my opinion. And that is the English managers and English fans, quote-unquote, only ever focus on players in England. So what you'll see is, for a lot of other nations, with possible exception of Germany and Italy, their players play all over the world. English players have never played all over the world. You're talking handfuls of players. But two players right now, which are Tammy Abraham and Fakaya Tomori, who both play in Italy. Uh, Fakaya Tomori plays for AC Milan and as a centre-half, and Tammy Abraham plays up front uh, for Roma. Have been excellent in Italy since they left 12 months ago. They've probably been good like enough to play for the team that sold them, Chelsea, who are now rubbish. Hilarious. But anyway, I, I digress. Well, Reese James I believe should that... be on the team as well. I mean, wouldn't it be Injured. better to have Reese James on the team over Harry Maguire just to the chance that he gets fit for the second half of the tournament. Yeah, what well, Gareth Southgate has a has a group of players who, who to be fair to to Gareth Southgate have got him to a World Cup semi-final and a Euros final and he believes that they should be in the squad wherever possible. So that is Kyle Walker, Harry Maguire, John Stones, Jordan Pickford, Luke Shaw, um, Jordan Henderson, these are Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, Mason Mount. These are guys who are have been talented, are talented, but but, but, but you just listed a wide range of players. You you listed one of the best strikers in the world in Harry Kane, and you also listed one of the most overrated forwards in the world in Raheem Sterling. So it's a it's a big difference between the you just listed a bunch of guys. Some of them are good. Yeah, but some what, of them I'm are say, what I'm saying is that those lads are always going to play. Harry Kane could not score for a, for six, for a, two years. He's amazing. No, no, I'm not saying he isn't amazing, Matt. What I'm saying is they he is not picking those players based on form. He's picking those players based on the fact they have done wonderful things for him. Raheem Sterling could be argued was in, one of England's best players yesterday. He'd been rubbish for Chelsea for six months. The reason Gareth Southgate picks him is he trusts him and he believes that he will do what he wants him to. Um, I could name 20 players who are more overrated than Raheem Sterling, but we won't go into that debate. Um, I think he's really you can name 20, pl- 20 players more overrated than Raheem Sterling. Yeah, I can name 20 players in the Premier League who are more overrated than Raheem Sterling. Oh, wow. I would like to hear that list. Do you want to hear it now? Do you have a, you have that list, Andy? Oh. Oof. That's a lot of guys. Um, Where, where's Grealish on there? Grealish, more overrated, Grealish is right? infinitely more overrated than. Thank you. Okay, Sterling. we agree on that. We agree on that. I infinitely love a lot of these overrated. players, man. I love Ben White. Yeah. I love Declan Rice. I love a lot of these players. I love a lot. The best player I love in that England. Team. You gotta understand. I like teams just for what they are, right? Yeah, of course. I know that 
our team in the United States is a developmental roster, and I'm gonna just be almost like a like a, a parent who's watching kids just sort of learning and getting getting acclimated. You know, anything they do that's positive, I'm, I'm gonna be very happy. But I, I I don't want people putting too much pressure on them at this point, right? That's that's how I feel about the the U.S. men's team. When when, when it comes to the England team, I just am a spectator of the spectacle. I, I am just soaking in the immense talent. I can't wait to watch Bakayu Saka. I mean, most of the Mason Mount's amazing. Like I love all, most of these players, but you're, you're talking, there are some players on this team that like Jack Grealish that have no business on this roster, especially when Tammy Abraham isn't on the roster. And uh, you, you basically, you have your version, right. Of, um, of a, a you know, like, like we have a McKinney. That's basically a guy you left off the roster because he doesn't play in England. Yep, absolutely. That's that's just that's where we are. We, the England, it, the England squad is probably comes down to a kind of first world problems thing. First, I'm not. I wouldn't say I was a massive England fan. Like if they win, they win or whatever. Um, but you know, we're arguing about Fakaya Tamori and Tammy Abraham and um, Ivan Tony, although obviously different. Well, no, I didn't now. know about the Tony. I didn't no, know. No, I didn't know he I mean, was but, a shoeless but it, boot but that, Tony. But that debate happened before we knew that, Matt, right? So people were querying that. But we're talking here the 17th, 18th, 19th best players in the squad, right? Now, will they, will they get on the pitch? Possibly. But it's not probable. Do you think England, they should be playing Madison at all? I think there's a chance Madison should play instead of Mount. Instead of Mount, I was thinking instead of Grealish. No, Grealish. Well, Grealish didn't start on. Grealish didn't start on yesterday. Oh, I'm not sure who should started. We, should we right? do, no, should we? Should we? He, he didn't play. So he played. He played like three in midfield of Bellingham, Rice, and Mount. So Madison would play instead of Mount. I would be happy for that. I like you, Madison. You say what you want about Gareth Southgate. Southgate played Bellingham, who is young, nineteen. That is, a, I was shocked when I saw that. I was impressed, shocked, man. I was impressed. Some of these, some of these managers, man, they'll do stuff and, and and surprise you. You're like, oh come on, you know, Harry Maguire, what the hell are you doing? And they're like, ooh, he played Bellingham. Ooh, I like this. He's gonna he's gonna cost one of the top three English teams or Real Madrid somewhere in the region of 150 million dollars in the summer. And oh, I am yeah. starting a I am starting a GoFundMe that so it's Liverpool Football Club um, because he would solve all my problems at once. So can we can we talk about this for a moment? So, yeah, off topic on the World Cup, we got to get Premier League. Just for I, I got to ask you about this. So in the off season, there was competition to sign proper number nines from the biggest clubs in the Premiership. Man City got the best one, right? Yep, Erwin Holland. Uh, Liverpool thought they were getting a great one too. They were like, oh, well, we got Darwin Nunez. Mm-hmm. And then Darwin Nunez, uh, mm, mm. so <laughs> don't we, do this in the off season. Don't it was be, like, don't Nunez be, don't be and skip Holland, Bayless. And now don't it's be. like Nunez and Holland. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, that's you, you need to get off Twitter first of all. It, it was what I would say on that. Erlen Holland was a guaranteed, guaranteed. Guaranteed, guaranteed 30, 40 goals a season striker um, and has proven to be so. 
Darwin Nunes is a project of which he scored 10 goals for Liverpool already this year, and most people have said he's a flop. He had someone. He scored 10 already? Oh, oh it, it, but a lot of them are in Champions League, right? Yeah, I think he scored five in the league, four in the Champions League, and one right. against when they, when they put up When they put up eight against uh, Porto, he'll have three of those. Rangers, Rangers, he got one. But yes. But yeah, but but I think, I mean, Erlen Haaland is, as you said, I think he's the best number nine in the world. They, you know, they made, they were the best team in the country, possibly, in, probably in Europe, although they never seem to get as far as they should do in the European Corps. Um, and they signed a, a player of his stature. I mean, Crazy. what can you do? Well, it Crazy. helps that your dad. It helps that his dad used to play for Manchester City. Let's just put it like that. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Mm. Used to play for Leeds and Manchester City. Nunez certainly looks the part, and I would not be surprised at all if he just. Most of these players, it's the the great thing about Holland is, and what's so rare about it is, like most of these players, when they get to the Premiership, because it's so much more physical than it is other leagues. They struggle in their first year to adapt. Yes, absolutely. Most of these players struggle in their first year. That's why what Aronson's doing is so. I again, I can't, I can't speak, I can't talk. No one will ever get me off Aronson, but <laughs> it would make sense to me, given how young he is and how raw he is, and you're already seeing him. He, he he's already you know getting suspended for you know uh, you know young petulant behavior on the pitch and looks lost out there at times. I could absolutely see Nunez, everything just clicking next year. It could happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. It probably will happen. This these are these are the these are the gambles you make, right? You don't He's sign a, you don't sign you don't sign players for the first year, you sign them for the full length of the contract, right? You'd would like them to be successful for the whole period, but it doesn't always work like that. I mean Haaland's twenty one, I think Nunez is twenty two. So we're talking back to the same Haaland's twenty one years old. Yeah, Harlan's Harlan's the Terminator. Like he, age is not a number for Erling Harland. He was built out. He's only twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I think oh so. my god. Yeah. So you know, in so if you if you use the concept that we were doing for Aronson and, and the boys, you're talking. Are they going to be reach their peak until twenty six, twenty seven? He's twenty two. Sorry. Oh. Um, uh, but yeah, he's got thirty. And just to into context for those who don't watch. Premier League, um, 13 matches, 18 goals, three assists. Incredible. Frankly. So he's also, I, I do, he's I also do. 1.94 meters. Um, it's not like he's just, he's basically built like a, he's a robot. If some, what he was designed in a lab to, to dominate football, he is the Terminator. He, he, he really is. If, if there's one reason to start watching soccer and by the way, it is soccer. I, I always want to bring this up that I say soccer, not football, football yeah. because old men in England and you will validate this call it soccer because the original league was called the association in the late 1800s yeah. and short for association was soccer. So for a hundred years in England, it was soccer until they decided to switch and call it uh, football like the mainland Europeans. Correct. Correct. So I think that when I go down this roster, I would put England right up against France, Brazil, all of them. The, the question it, It's become, hard for me to believe this team can't compete with the best in the world. Well, they got to the final of the last Euros and got to the semifinal of a World Cup. Their issue is keeping the ball. So if we if we put it into context of 
we were talking America against Wales, and we we thought that um, the US struggled to keep the ball. England can do that against Wales, against the US, against Iran, but can they keep the ball and have dominant possession against Brazil, France, Germany? That's to be determined. I don't believe it to be the case. When they come up against elite, elite teams, they've always struggled to keep the ball and therefore win games. And that, you know, I think I think if we use them FIFA rankings again, I think they're fifth. They, they're a team. That they're should... better than that. They're top three. They've got to be top three. This team, there's no way this team isn't top three. This team, this team doesn't get out of the quarterfinals. Let me explain why. I'm. Do you want me to? I can explain. Let me explain. Did why. Southgate start Saka by the way, or did he come off the bench? He too? did. No, he he did. He played. He was brilliant. He did play. So he, he's dude. Southgate, not not that bad. Yeah. Okay. England win their group. They play the second place team of Group A, which will all intents and purposes be Senegal after they lost to the Netherlands. They win that game. They then play the winner of the game between probably France and Mexico. So, therefore, England's quarterfinal opponent is France. Therefore, they go out in the quarterfinal. This is how draws work. We've oh, all been that's there. that's terrible. This is, that's this how, bad this luck. Is how, this is exactly, this is the... That is, this that is, the, is too bad. This is the Bills not getting to the championship game because they have to play the Chiefs. This is the, this is the way the world works, right? Oh, this, this is, is tough. terrible. I feel so bad for you, man. That's terrible. Why Caleb Wilson? Scoring and and plays in England. So in theory, that the pick is between Callum Wilson and Tammy Abraham. That's right. And ta- he, Callum scored more goals this year. He's playing for a team who were in the top four in the, in the Premier League. And that's who Gareth Southgate went with. Okay. I probably would have gone with Abraham personally. Right. But, you know, that's... It, well, it I would have gone with Abraham over Grealish. Yes, but... but I, would have, I, would have, I, I think Wilson would be a better pick than Grealish. But I was just curious why Wilson, because that, that seemed to be a dark horse pick when the, when the it was, roster was announced. It was. Well, it was the... in Before we knew all the news, it was the, why did you pick him over Tony? But we know that now. <laughs> so when I talk to other people... The general complaint about England is they they play too slow. They're not athletic enough. And there was so actually I was talking to a guy from Brazil, and he said a good bet would would have been to take Iran over England. And I was like, you're out of your mind, sir. <laughs> you're out of your mind. So there's still a perception, an old an old timey perception about England that like I don't have because I look at this and mm-hmm. I see an all star team. Yeah, right. You, you that that Brazil guy is is. Is is lived the life of watching England fail in major tournaments, and that's fine. That's because that's, that, what's happened, that's right? where it, I, I was shocked. And but he's like, no, you got you got trust me. You know, Iran's too fast for them. They're so slow. England, so I was like, I was like, Bukayo Saka is slow. Ben White, Trent Alexander Arnold, these guys aren't slow. I don't know what where you're getting this unless he's going to start Maguire and Kyle Walker and Dyer like. They're all their slowest defenders. Maybe what you're saying could potentially be true, but that 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 also assumes that England doesn't score a bunch of goals, which they will. Yeah, it 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 it's tough. It's tough to be perceptioned, right? You know, you know. I I come back. I always, you know, for the the guys in America, you know, when that punt goes up between the Jets and the Patriots, and that guy breaks the first tackle, you go, "It's the Jets. This is going to be a touchdown." 
because it's the Jets against the Patriots and they're the Jets. England get to a quarter final and lose on penalties. That's what they've done in their existence for most of my life. They've done well in the last few tournaments. And as you said, they've got a young team, a reasonably exciting team, good pace, good passion. But that's not norm that's not quote unquote normal in the way that England plays. So it doesn't surprise me that a guy from Rio de Janeiro who maybe not doesn't watch a load of England would be like, well, England are slow because that's what England always are. Do you know what I mean? They, they played it, that's how he thinks. No, they I are. told him. I said, I said, don't do that. I said, don't <laughs> place that bet. I'm telling you, please don't do that. Yeah, that would have been a bad bet. Yeah, it was, it was a bad bet. So it, another player that I want to see play for England, who I love because he's also, I like, by the way, you're a Liverpool fan. I like Liverpool, right? I know I was, you know, I, I, I wanted to, you know, poke you a little bit about Nunez, but he's going to be fine. Hmm. Harvey Elliott is special. Yes. Harvey Elliott's another, like if you, the, the, to put the U S men's team in context, you could create a, a whole team of English players that didn't make it. That would, that would be man for man better all the way down the lineup. And yeah, I mean, it, even if you, even if you age adjusted, so Harvey Elliott's a, a, an example of a player where, okay, they're, they're adding Bellingham to the roster and playing him. Congratulations. But why doesn't that also apply the, 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 if you're going to be fine, you know, playing young players, which England never used to do. Why not Harvey Elliott too? I think it's probably it's probably six months too early for Harvey. I'm I'm glad he's not in the England squad um, because it means he gets a rest because I think he's played probably too much for Liverpool. So he's around the same age as Bellingham, um, but has played a lot less. Um, Does he, he remind you of Wayne Rooney a little bit? Less fat, more hair. But yeah, why not? <laughs> um, he's like I think Rooney with hair. Yeah, I mean I mean he's he's super talented. He's um, really good, man. He's special. I wish. I wish he had a, I wish he had a, an extra yard of pace, but I can't, I can't, I can't make that happen. Um, he has been what, what's interesting is in the, in the players can play anywhere world that you live in. Jürgen Klopp's changed his position from a attacker to a midfielder um, to make best use of him for Liverpool. I, as I said, I'm glad he's not in this squad. I'd be stunned if he wasn't in the squad. In the US in 2026, playing oh, he will regularly. Yeah, oh, so. oh, oh, yeah, he will be. So, yeah, I, I he's that he's the type of player we need. He's the type of player the US men's team need. He's mm. a connector player. Correct, absolutely. 100%. He can connect. He can. He can. He can take a touch, make a make a move, and make a pass, make a run, and connect the dots. He connects the dots out there. He's essentially like he basically is. He is the the Aronson uh, for uh, Liverpool, but he's just better than Aronson. Like mm-hmm. if Aronson's our best player, he's just yet another player that didn't even make the English roster that would be better than all of our guys. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> it's crazy, man. So, okay, I'll get you out of here. What happened? What happened, man? What happened, Argentina? This is like the number three ranked team lost to Saudi Arabia. What happened? So, first off, go one nil up after eight minutes. Totally dominate the game. They have three goals disallowed for offside. Rightfully so for offside. By the way, not not kind of getting into that debate. So it, it's comfortable. It should be two or three up at half time. Keepers 
Saudi Arabia keep a major couple of saves. They've gone offside a few times when they shouldn't have, didn't score. They then stay back into the game, second half. Bit of a mistake. Saudi Arabia score. And for whatever reason, panic completely engulfs the Argentina team. I don't know why. It just happens. Two minutes later, ball pings around in the box, comes to Saudi Arabia's captain, who is their best player, does a turn, ball, top corner, 2-1. And then total panic now. Um, total total panic now, and they never really got control back, and they've lost. Now, Argentina have got to a final of a World Cup, losing their first game before 1990, got beat by Cameroon. So it's not that they, it's not that they're out the tournament. They got two games against Poland and Mexico, where they will be favourites to win those games. Oh, there's a chance crash. they still come. There's, there's a chance they still come top of the group. But it's it if you're going to lose a game. Losing your first game is probably the best one because it allows you to have a wake-up call and say, whoa, whoa, guys, we can't just walk this tournament. That's right. Argentina is going to be fine. They're going to advance. They have Christian Romero, one of the best defenders in the world. Yeah. And Messi is not what he was, but he's still uh, he's still uh, would still be <laughs> better than anybody on the U.S. team. <laughs> You'd be better than most players on most teams. But yes. oh, my hobby horse take: everyone's better than everyone on the U.S. team. Love the U.S. team. Can't wait for them to make a run in 2024 and join the elites in 2028. Or no, no, make a run in 2026. Do I keep saying 2024? No, Make a run 20, in 2026 20, and actually yeah. be competitive with the elite the elite clubs in 2030. Yeah, possibly in Saudi Arabia, back in the Middle East. So enjoy that. Please know.
dude, Southgate, not not that bad. Yeah, okay. <laughs>